Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one website for expert investment analysis. Buy, Hold, Sell is a weekly show where two fund managers share their views on a selection of listed companies in their area of expertise. Buyers and sellers are what make the market, and you'll find that our guests don't always agree on the stocks being covered. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be the first to receive new episodes each week. If there are stocks you'd like our guests to discuss, let us know by leaving a comment in the review segment. Remember, the views expressed in this show are not recommendations to invest. You should seek appropriate investment advice before making any investment decisions. And of course, please read the disclaimer in the show's notes. Let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to Livewire's Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm David Thornton. In December, we surveyed thousands of Livewire readers to get their views on everything from investment themes to top stock picks. In today's episode, we're going to focus on the top 10 global stock picks as picked by you. For that, we're joined by Mary Manning from Alfinity Investment Management and Sam Ruiz from T. Rowe Price. Before we get to that, a short detour. As part of the survey, we asked our readers to nominate the mega trends they're most likely to add to their portfolios in 2022. Decarbonisation was front of mind with about 60% of people expressing interest in it. Mary, what's your view on decarbonisation? Is this a mega trend here to stay and how do you factor it into your investment process? Hi David, thank you very much for having me on Buy, Hold, Sell. Yes, absolutely. I think the decarbonisation is a very, very important trend that people should be aware of in their portfolios. So Affinity has a core global fund and a global sustainable fund. And for both of those funds, decarbonisation is an important thematic. So um, I think the secondary question is, if you think it's a mega trend, then what should you do with that? And what kind of sectors and subsectors and stocks best reflect um, you know, the, the possibilities and the, the return potential of decarbonization? So within that overall thematic, we really like EVs as a, as a thematic. So we like Tesla, we like Daimler, we like OnSemi, a lot of these stocks that are either um, electric vehicles or part of the EV supply chain. Part of the decarbonization um, thematic, what I will caution your investors and your, your listeners on, is about renewables, because renewables sound very good, a lot of them at a thematic level, but when you really, really dig deep into the numbers, sometimes they don't stack up from an investment perspective. Excellent. How about yourself, Sam? How do you think about decarbonization? Yeah, good to be here, David. Um, Absolutely, decarbonization is a mega trend. We're seeing many global commitments around the world from governments, companies, I think, something I'd call out are more and more feeling this pressure from investors and having to make future commitments. We have BHP locally really getting out of fossil fuels as that um, pressure really continues to build. So for us, I guess the one thing I'd say is there's plenty of opportunity, but you do have to be conscious of a lot of the re-rating and elevated multiples being given to some of these stocks because you can get the fundamentals right or there can be a real shift in demand for these companies. But if you get valuation wrong, then that can be um, something that can really hurt you as an investor. We're playing it in similar ways to Mary. We, we do like electric vehicles as well. We're just cautious, again, around some names like Tesla with valuation. One of the biggest positions in our portfolio now um, that we played private was Rivian. But there's a whole um, different range of ways to play that as well, particularly semiconductors and power semiconductors. As we see the content gain, so the number of semiconductors needed in EVs is so much greater than combustion, is another way to play it. 
Okay, moving on now to the top 10 uh, global stock picks as selected by our readers. Uh, first up, Amazon. It had a monster year in 2020, plateaued last year, and it's lost about 16% this year. Sam, kick us off. Is it a buy, hold, or sell? Yeah, for us, Amazon's a buy. It's really been range-bound, as you mentioned, since 2020. Amazon is one of the, the first companies that we've seen really start to decelerate in that particularly online digitized tech basket. From here, we're expecting that they're going to go past that period of tough comps, and we think that they'll re-accelerate their year-over-year e-commerce numbers as of Q2 to Q3 next year. Mary, PE for Amazon sitting at about 55. Is this a buying opportunity? Um, I would say Amazon is a hold, um, but it's just a hold until you have more visibility on when those earnings are going to start to come through. So, I mean, we've all mentioned that Amazon for a $1.4 trillion market cap company to go nowhere for 18 months is, is massive underperformance versus the rest of the fangs. And so I think the expectations of Amazon are, are quite low compared to what they would be for, say, Google, which has had, you know, amazing earnings upgrades and, and you know, has significantly beat earnings over the last 18 months. I think the issue with, with Amazon is I would like to see how they report uh, fourth quarter because even, um, you know, they have guided the, the range for their operating profit for the fourth quarter is huge. It's from zero to three billion. And, you know, if they come in at break even versus if they come in at 2.9, that's going to be a very different reaction in the stock. And I think, I don't know about Sam, but those Netflix results um, kind of scared a lot of people <laughs> last week because it shows that, the you know, the coming out of COVID is going to be nonlinear. And for a lot of these stocks, whether it's it's Netflix or Peloton or Zoom, those are sort of the, the key ones. But COVID pulled a lot of demand forward and it's unclear how much that is and what the, the path out is going to be. Uh, moving on to Tesla, the stock's down year to date. Um... It's got car, car recalls happening um, in the US, Asia, and here in Australia. Uh, Mary, what's your view? Strong buy. I, I know strong buy isn't, strong buy. isn't one of the options, but I will, I will say a strong buy. So I think that, that Tesla is way more than just an EV company. I think Tesla single-handedly almost has sort of revolutionized the auto industry, which was a sleepy industry for over 100 years. Um, it's not just about EVs. It's, it has backward integration into batteries. It has forward integration into the marketing and selling of the EVs. It has charging stations. Um, you know, it really is an, an ecosystem stock. I'll just comment on valuation because Sam mentioned it before. I mean... Tesla looks expensive versus OEM. So we own Daimler also, which is trading at seven times PE. So obviously the, the differential between those two is huge. But if you look at any other, you know, pure play car or e, um, sorry, EV or EV truck company in the world, they're all loss making. And so, you know, you can argue about what Tesla's PE should be. But I think the most important point is that it has E when most of its peers don't. Sam, do you have the same type of conviction that Mary has? Uh, for us, it's definitely not a strong buy, um, if, if that's an option again. For us, it's a hold at the moment. It's a hold because, firstly, um, you know, we've already mentioned valuation. For us, it is just very, very excessive for an exceptional company. So for us right now, we're really just balancing how much you pay for a company that has surprised all estimates. Deliveries, as Mary said, have been astronomical. Um, they've really executed exceptionally well in a world of supply chain issues and disruptions, particularly in semiconductors. The issue for us is what, what Tesla's done very, very well is not just deliver cars, but they've also had a really big shift in their gross margins. So we've seen about a five percentage point increase because of this global shortage in autos. So we are seeing a short term um, and we think it, it will be short term ASP rise and the mix has is, is been much stronger for the company. We just worry about how they comp that next year, but also for a company at its current valuation, 
where they have executed seamlessly, um, there's nothing in the price that gives us any margin of safety for if they do have a slip up. And if they do have a slip up on, on deliveries or manufacturing, we think that um, the, the stock could be punished on that. Next up, Microsoft just made the huge Activision acquisition for almost 100 billion, uh, biggest acquisition in tech history. Uh, Mary, buy, hold or sell? Uh, Microsoft is a buy. So I think before we get to Activision, it's important to highlight that in the software space, Microsoft is the highest quality software stock. And we mentioned before that there's a lot of these sort of high growth stocks or software concept stocks that we're trading at price to sales. And then you have Microsoft, which is you know, very, very consistent. They have you know, best in class products and is trading at less than 30 times PE after the sell-off. So I feel much more comfortable investing in a software stock or a stock like Microsoft because you know, if there's something happens on inflation or if tech continues to sell off, at some point you'll have valuation support in Microsoft, whereas in a lot of its peers, there's not valuation support for you know, really, really, there's a lot more downside. Um, on Activision, yeah, I think it's very, very interesting. Um, a lot of the commentary has been that you know, Microsoft just with this acquisition has taken a big bite out of the metaverse cookie and that they have used this to, to just really parlay themselves into the metaverse in a way which they couldn't have done before. Uh, I'm sort of taking a wait and see uh, approach to what happens there, um, mainly because there are a lot of cultural issues at Activision, and that's one of the reasons why they got it so cheaply. But um, yeah, I think it's quite interesting at, at a high level, and we'll just wait to see whether that turns out in earnings. But Microsoft, primarily for the valuation, uh, is a buy. Would you agree, uh, Sam? For us, it's a hold at the moment. It's a hold because I mean, it's a $2 trillion company, the law of large numbers. It's going to be very hard for this company to grow much more than low um, double digits from here. And I would say, in contrary to, to how Mary's thinking about it, we actually think that this safety aspect is definitely in the valuation for Microsoft at the moment. So we have seen a lot of the market gravitate towards safety in names like Microsoft and Apple as well. And they've subsequently seen that re-rating. What we've seen with Microsoft and what concerns us is we've got a company on an elevated valuation that's going to be decelerating when the market doesn't want stocks that are decelerating. So they sold more PCs in the last two years than they, they ever have. They've obviously had a very, very strong enterprise um, part of their business as well and cloud's doing exceptionally well. But we are just more worried around what happens with the deceleration in this, um, not so much a pull for, but as the world rushed to get hardware and PCs particularly, that's a bit of a headwind in our view for the stock going forward. Okay, Apple, it went from strength to strength in 2020 and 2021, but has suffered from the tech sell-off this year, down 10%. Mary, is it a buy, hold or sell? I think Apple is a buy uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, the 5G cycle, we have a view that it's going to be stronger than expected. You have a, a lot of people that were waiting for that replacement until 5G phones came on the market. And then um, you know, that cycle is going to be elongated and is going to continue to drive iPhone sales um, as 5G rolls out around the world. Secondly, um, you know, Apple is not just about iPhones anymore. If you look at the revenues and the profits of, of different business segments, particularly wearables, those have a lot of momentum and will become a bigger part of the, the company going forward. And then lastly, really like the valuation of Apple at around 26 times forward PE for a company that arguably has the strongest brand in the world and that generates almost a billion dollars in free cash flow a year and has an ROE over 100%. I am happy to pay that kind of valuation for a company like Apple. Sam, give us your call. Yeah, for Apple, for us at the moment, it's a hold. I mean, Apple has been a huge beneficiary later this year as the market in our view really crowded towards stability and earning stability. Um, I mean, the stocks had really big upgrades. It's done exceptionally well as we've seen a massive leap forward in the number of people needing iPhones and PCs all at once. They did have a little bit of a one-time benefit from 
Huawei um, really exiting their smartphone business. So for us looking forward from here, the concern we have is around a high 20s multiple. We think the company is growing around 5 to 10% per annum. Um, it's a, it's a, a tech consumer staple, if I can put it that way. And it's just not something that we're looking to put in the portfolio at this point. Let's turn to Google now. Their September earnings outperformed market expectations and the company continues to buy back stock from investors. Uh, Sam, buy, hold or sell? Yeah, Google or Alphabet is a, is a buy in our view. I mean, they've been a really strong second derivative beneficiary of all this um, consumption that's moved online. So we have seen an acceleration in the, the ad budgets that have been moving from offline to online. And we think that Google is the cleanest way to play that, particularly with Apple turning off the identifiers in the phones, unique identifiers. There's a lot of other advertisers that are really struggling to get around that, but Google's been managing that very, very successfully. There's also a bit of a catalyst with Google where a lot of their search revenue actually comes from cross-border travel. As we see the, the world reopen and, and recover from COVID and lockdowns, that's a bit of a tailwind for them. Um, but at the end of the day, it's an incredibly strong business taking a very large share of this shift of ad budgets going online. And what we like it is it is a very reasonable valuation in our view. So it is trading at around a market multiple around 20 times, which is pretty much in line with the S&P, but for stronger growth in our view. Mary, what's your take? Google is definitely a buy. Uh, Google has been a very strong performer in, in 2021 with really consistent and large earnings upgrades. So if you think about it for a company uh, of Google size to be able to get into a beat and raise cycle is, is pretty impressive. So we are positive on the digital ad cycle going forward that will continue to, to drive Google's earnings. And then also with Google, you have some interesting optionality with respect to cloud, which currently doesn't get uh, very much value ascribed to it, and also with Waymo. So in terms of Google's PE, it's, it's very inexpensive around a market multiple, as Sam mentioned, and you, you get this amazing momentum's in, momentum in the core business, and you also get optionality in terms of Waymo and cloud. So Google for us is a buy. Okay, moving on to Alibaba now. Uh, China just cut rates. Uh, is this good news for the e-commerce giant? Um, Mary, I know you're, you're a bottom-up investor, but I'll start with you. Buy, hold or sell? Sell. So um, as some of your readers and viewers will know, I, I used to cover Asia and China very, very closely. That's kind of all that I focused on. And I think that it's not about rates for Alibaba. I think the things that would have to change for me to um, take Alibaba to a hold or, or a buy would be number one, they have to get an earnings upgrade cycle. So if you if you look on Bloomberg and do like EEB or any of the, um, the functions that show you earnings, it's like a downward trajectory like that. Earnings are just going down, 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 down. And it is risky to buy any stock anywhere in the world where their earnings are on that kind of trajectory. So at first I'd wanna see some kind of turnaround there. And that may be because macro turns around, but it's too early to tell. But the other things that I would want to see before I, I wanted to hold or, or buy Alibaba would be um, some sort of clarity on the regulatory outlook. Um, I mean, this has been going on since the, the anti-IPO got cancelled on, you know, 12, 18 months now. Um, and there's still not a lot of clarity on whether that's going to um, continue to get worse or where, whether it's, it's primarily over. And I'd, for Alibaba specifically, I'd like to see some clarity on the ADR delisting situation in the U.S., because you still have Alibaba and a lot of shareholders that hold Alibaba in the US. And if you know, the SEC and the, regulator, the regulators um, you know, vote against that and Alibaba gets delisted, that will be very, very negative for the stock. Sam, what's your call? For us, Alibaba is a buy, but very distinctly with, with a horizon of two to three years. So in our view, you know, we've seen these particularly regulatory cycles many times in China. And we actually believe that China's heading into this year where they will re-accelerate 
And we think that particularly towards the MPC later this year, that they do want to be having a strengthening economy there. We don't think that China's trying to destroy innovation. And when we think about Alibaba, it's at an incredibly depressed valuation at the moment. Yeah, it's China's largest e-commerce, quantum computing, but also cloud companies. So for us, we think that, yes, there's a few issues at the moment when it comes to local demand, but also the competition being promoted by the regulator in China. But one of the most exciting parts we actually think about for Alibaba, and we think it can be the majority of valuation in the future, is actually the cloud business. So we think that that's a business in speaking with a company that can grow at a CAGA of around 40% over the next five years. And on a sum of the parts basis, we just don't think that investors are giving Alibaba credit for how, how large that business can be. NVIDIA, again, it's been caught up in the tech sell-off this year and has been at the centre of the market ship's shortage. I know you've sold some NVIDIA stock, Mary, as you mentioned earlier, but is it a buy, hold or sell for you? So NVIDIA, I'll say hold, and we didn't sell the whole thing, but we just trimmed it. And the okay. thing was, if you remember back to, um, you know, probably September to December, NVIDIA, you know, we would trim it and then it would go up so much the next day, we'd be back at our original position size like the day or two days later because it was when Facebook had just changed its name to Meta Platforms and there was all this hype about the metaverse and NVIDIA just based on their, their products and the GPUs, they will be a really critical part of the metaverse. So it was just getting extremely frothy and we were just taking that froth off the top as it continued to go out. So we still do hold NVIDIA. I guess the, the main issue is valuation. So it's trading at 50 times P, 55 times PE and NVIDIA also has a, you know, they, they have, a tax structure so the, their effective tax rate is like mid to low single digits. So if you normalize their tax rate, um, you know, it's on 60 plus times PE. And people sort of forget that NVIDIA and, and some of its semi, um, you know, sisters and brothers, they are cyclical stocks. And so to have a cyclical stock that's trading at that level is just quite expensive. And Sam, buy, hold or sell for NVIDIA? Very similar thoughts to Mary. I don't know if I can hedge it in the middle here. It's, it's close to a sell. I'd say between a hold and a sell for us. Very cyclical, as Mary mentioned. I mean, if you think about their core businesses, they've got gaming, they've got crypto, they've got data centers. We saw a lot of these on fire over the past 12 to 18 months, whether people were making gaming PCs in lockdown, the rush to mining crypto. These are things that we think can decelerate very, very quickly. But at the same time, a lot of their customers have been double or triple ordering. So we do have in inventories at very high levels. And when that turns, there's no issue with supply. So we think that we could actually see a very, very strong rotation out of NVIDIA, NVIDIA on the back of that. Um, as one of our tech analysts says, you know, in 12 to 18 months, he thinks he'll be able to wallpaper his house in, in NVIDIA chips. So um, not a good sign for where we think we are in the inventory cycle. Okay, uh, Block, the US buy now pay later provider. Uh, of course, in August last year, it announced plans to acquire Afterpay. Uh, Sam, what's your take? Buy, hold or sell? Yeah, Block for us is a hold at the moment. We think that COVID truly transformed the company. So they really were able to get an enormous number of Cash App users that needed the app to really house their stimulus. And they're using that demand. We, we say the company has crossed the chasm through COVID to build a super app. So we really like the Afterpay transaction. We think that they're going to be able to um, monetize their users throughout all these different platforms inside that. The issue for us in the near term is that it is a great company, but they are decelerating. So we are seeing some disappointing numbers come through in the last quarter, particularly, and they're on watch for the next quarter. As people are wondering, have they fully saturated the cash app numbers? Is the seller part of their business, the reacceleration of volumes, they're going to be enough to offset that. Um, we're just a bit watch and see at the moment. Mary, are you buying, holding or selling? 
selling this one uh, for, for similar reasons to Sam. I mean, they are in an earnings downgrade cycle and there's deceleration there. So earnings estimates for 2022 have, have gone down quite significantly since October. And then the main growth engines, you know, Cash App and Afterpay, they've been massive pandemic beneficiaries. And so there's that, that concern, whether it's like Netflix or Amazon, that there's been that pull forward and that you're not sure what the, the path out is going to be. Thus far, it looks like the path out is, is significant deceleration. So um, Block is a sell for us. Next up, uh, BHP, the big Australian. Uh, how's it doing, Sam? BHP, I mean, it's been doing much better recently. For us, BHP is actually a buy. We've had an underweight to iron ore over the past six to nine months. What we're seeing here is if we think more macro big picture, and like Mary, we're definitely bottom-up investors, but we have seen a very, very tough, tough China cycle. Still demand's been very, very weak. But we believe as we head into this year with the reacceleration I mentioned we're expecting from China, that that's going to be positive in the property sector, but particularly the demand for steel will increase at the same time that we have supply constraints for iron ore. What's your take, Mary? So BHP for Alfinity is a buy. I have to mention here that I um, am a PM for the Global Fund and we don't invest in BHP, but I have checked with my domestic colleagues, Stefan Andre, who's a portfolio manager who covers BHP, and they think it's a strong buy. Um, Primarily, it's exposed to, you know, iron ore, met coal, copper, all of which have spot prices, which are currently greater than market expectations. So the fundamentals are improving and, um, you know, they think that's going to lead to significant earnings upside, like up to 30 for 40 percent. I guess the other point to mention is some of the thematics that we discussed before. China fundamentals are improving and they're on a different trajectory than the rest of the world, which is a positive for BHP. And then your very first question, which was about decarbonization. Um, you know, the domestic team at Alfinity likes the strategy of uh, BHP exiting the carbon intensive fossil fuels and, um, you know, also likes a strong balance sheet and the, the valuation. So overall, a buy for BHP. Semiconductor company ASML, it's expanding production to meet microchip demand. Mary, buy, hold or sell? Um, ASML is a buy. So um, ASML is unique in the whole world in terms of it has one of the strongest moats around its, its business and the highest market share of, of any um, semi-cap equipment company, certainly possibly any, any company in the world. So we really like that from a, from a moat perspective. Um, I think the, the thing that uh, ASML just reported last week, and there was some disappointment in the first quarter earnings, but we think that the, um, you know, the, the primary drivers of, of ASML, some which are cyclical, some which are structural, and some which are geopolitical, those are still intact. They are one of the few companies in the world that give like 2025 guidance and guidance out that far because they can, um, you know, they, they have that much visibility. So we like ASML. The uh, only, um, you know, it is expensive now. The, the PE has, has gone, went up a lot. It was over 55 times. It's come back in the sell-off. Um, but for a semi-cap equipment company, that, that PE is a little bit elevated. Nevertheless, we still think it's a buy. It's a fantastic company. Round us out, Sam. Yeah, David, it's definitely a buy for us as well. Valuation is a little bit elevated. I think on FY23 numbers, it's a little over 30 times, which isn't egregious to us. For a company that is really the monopoly in one of the most exciting thematics of semi-demand, they really have a monopoly on that in the lithography equipment. For us, I mean, for 2022, they've pretty much told us in the EUV segment, they're sold out completely, couldn't make another tool or supply another tool. So there's very, very strong support there in terms of the look through we get for demand, as Mary mentioned, outer year guidance is very, very secure. So at this valuation in the market where, you know, we are expecting a little bit more, more volatility, we're happy to pay up for a company like ASML. Thank you, Sam and Mary. That was great. I hope you enjoyed this special edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. If so, feel free to give it a like. And remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're always uploading new content.
Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis. Register for free at livewiremarkets.com to discover more exclusive investing articles, videos, and podcasts.